Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host. It's your girl, Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast, and we are on episode 550. I am so excited because I've been talking about when we got the 50, I wanted to do a special episode. It's also very humbling because... I like I told you guys before I've been wanting to start a podcast or a YouTube. I have been wanting to like join the the commentary world since 2013, um, especially in 2015. That's when I kind of just wanted to jump out there and do it. And I was kind of scared and, you know, let your fear get the best of you. You know, you sometimes you always want to do something, but too scared to ever do it. And if I would have knew what I knew now, no, that's the saying that people always say, like, if I would have knew what I knew now, I would have done it back then. But God has his timing of when he lets you know when the timing is right and everything happens at his own pace. So, you know, you just kind of just go with the flow and try not to look back. But I, I wish I would have kind of started it. But, you know, it is what it is. But this means a lot to me. Um, I love talking about things I like to talk about. Um, I I love like breaking stuff down, talking about it. So this is very important to me. A lot of stuff I do kind of hold back on. Um, I don't, in in today's world, it's kind of hard to do commentary because, you know, just your audience, it's so easy to say something that offends people in any type of way. You know, the world has changed. So I I try to just keep lighthearted topics and, um, you know, but at the same time, of course, be real with my audience, you know, no, no faking over here, nothing like that. But, you know, I try not to get too much on per- people's personal lives. I like them to do the true crime because that's my passion right there, talking about stuff like that, breaking that down. That's why I pick the TV shows that I do because they're so real to me because I, I research them all and I research the, his- the, the history and the backstory of everything. So I love talking about all of that. So this is just a really special episode. I kind of wanted to shake it up, take a break from the shows. Um, we'll pick back up on those tomorrow and by I love the 90s I love the 80s I love nostalgia um I tell you that guys I tell you that all the time so a couple months back we did a pod and it was where I talked about television shows of the 90s so today I decided to do my favorite movies of the 90s. I sprinkled in a little 80s there, like late 80s, but um, mainly it's the 90s. And I picked 50 of them. So by it's the 50th episode, let's break down. Uh, I'm not going to make it too long, but you know, you got time to go. It's Saturday. Let's chill, talk, and go cut it off for a minute. Go get your little glass of wine, whatever juice. And let's just have some nostalgia memories. Um, I just want to talk about my favorite movies and I won't stay on it too long. I'll just name one through 50 and I'll either say one of my favorite lines out of there or something, one thing that I did like about it. So I won't drag this pod out too long. Um, As far as the church announcements for today, we will do Raising Canaan tomorrow. I will have that out for you guys early. I won't take all day recording it. Um, A lot of times I try to stay up and watch it because it comes on a midnight on if you have stars. but a lot of times if I am at home, I'm asleep by then. I try to stay up and I'm already asleep or I'm either in a bed. I got something old on like some reruns, like 227 or something. And um, I fall asleep. So I do do my morning workouts every Sunday. I do um hour on a treadmill. So normally when I do watch Power, I watch it um, when I go to the gym on Sunday mornings and I just watch it on my phone and come back and take my notes. So that's, that's how I normally do it, but it'll be out pretty early for you guys tomorrow. Um, I'll try to get one more snowfall out. So that'll be episode five and then we'll have five more to do, but I'll get that out either Sunday or Monday. Then we'll take three days off let you guys get caught up on Snowfall who haven't watched it. And then you can catch up on the pod and we'll start back up Wednesday or Thursday. I have to really um, get in some good writing. And sometimes it's hard when I'm recording and taking notes and doing other stuff with everything. Like last night, I had to 
do some stuff with my daughter and all of that. So, you know, got to be a mom too. So try to try to knock everything out. But I want to take three days off so I can knock down some writing and get try to get my book done. It's getting towards crunch time and I'm getting towards the end where I'm bringing in like antagonist characters to kind of wrap it up and keep it interesting. And it takes a lot of creative thinking and everything. So, but yeah, I just wanted this episode to be fun. So we'll go ahead and jump into the show. As always, I'm um I try to shout out people who I like mess with heavy. I support heavy. And one of those persons are um one of those people is Jamil from Gully TV. Uh if you are on YouTube, he has a YouTube channel, over a hundred thousand subscribers. A lot of the stuff we talk about, he's are he like he's in the streets for real. He's interviewed a lot of these people. He just dropped a book, so that's why I'm dropping his name. It's called Some Things I've Been Through. It is a really dope breed um talks about how he's you know his content how he got into the commentary world really inspirational story um he's someone i like to go to for advice about when i'm writing and you know need some advice on how to do things to you know or just his opinion so yeah his book is on amazon it's some things i've been through it's a dope read um also my friend amber she is opening up a spa it will be opening up at the end of the month it will be um, in the Roswell area. So even if you don't live in Atlanta, if you come visit, you know, that'll be something you can do. Like when you're on your vacation, just like, you know what, let me do a spa day. You know, health is wealth right now, especially with everything going on. It's best to try to keep, you know, your immune system up. That's why I try to get out and work out every day if possible. And even if I can't get to the gym, I try to go for a nice long walk. So, <clears throat> Yeah, her spa is opening up and it will be in the Roswell Roswell area and it'll be opening in towards the end of the month and she will be specializing in things like um I want to make sure I read all her stuff cuz I I'm so proud of her. Uh she will be specializing in things like mineral detox and body wraps, vaginal steams, iconic foot baths and colonics, mineral detox body wraps. Um she'll be doing the the Colin hydrotherapy colonics and the Himalayan salt and ferret sauna therapy. It will be $10 off any flyer and this will be in Roswell, Georgia. So I will continue shout her out every chance I get because I'm so proud of her and I will let you guys know when the doors open as well so that's pretty much it for the uh, church announcements as far as the shows like I said we'll do power tomorrow snowfall take a few days off and then kick back on snowfall oh and one more thing Good news. While we're doing the snowfalls, yesterday um, it was announced, well, this week, and then I seen it on his uh, Franklin's Instagram, uh, Damon Idris, I don't want to mispronounce his name, but on his Instagram, they started filming this week. So now they're back in production. So Snowfall will be out um 2022 probably like march so we got plenty of time to break this down and talk about it and talk about our theories and our predictions of what's going to happen so yeah we got some big things coming i'm happy i'm proud of myself i just want to give myself a pat on the back because like i said i love doing stuff like this and i'm not in it for the money or nothing like that it's just like my passion i love doing it so to be to 50 is like it's a celebration for me. I got my little my little wine right here. Don't judge me. <laughs> got my little wine right here. I say, hey, it's Saturday. Let me come and record and you know, let's just talk. So I will I don't know how long this pod will be. I'll try not to make it too long. But hey, I'm dropping a content, right? So let's go ahead and get into the show. And she's the one. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. All right, guys. So this is my favorite 50 movies, my favorite top 50 movies of the 90s. I'm not going to lie, I cheated, but I didn't cheat. <laughs> what I mean by that is I might do a few honorary mentions <laughs> to add a few extra ones in there. It was kind of hard to just stick it out of 50 because the, the 90s was just, 
everything just so dope like like seriously like how you know it's kind of hard <laughs> but after we get done with my top 50 it is not in any type of order i kind of started it off that way from like my childhood on up but then it kind of was all over the place so when I get done and I name my top 50, I will name my most favorite movie of the 90s at the end of the episode. You'll see what my favorite movie of all time that I could watch over and over. And I have to watch it at least once every month. Like it is my favorite. And then it's also a fun fact with that as well that comes with that movie. So starting off <laughs> the first uh, movie that I can really remember just loving everybody starts off with cartoons, right? And mostly little girls start off with a Disney movie. So I would say my favorite Disney movie when I was little, and this came out in the late 80s, that would be The Little Mermaid. <laughs> I, was, I was obsessed with, I had The Little Mermaid everything. My mom had, I had Little Mermaid clothes, all that stuff, you know, it was the 90s. And then um, honorary mentions, that was Aladdin as well. That was also another one of my favorites. And come on now, Bebe's Kids, right? <laughs> Rest in peace, Robin Williams, who was supposed to do the voiceovers, but he ended up, you know, untimely passing. And we got Faison Love, who actually did the voiceovers. But that was based on Robin Harris, not Robin Harris, the comedian's life, the father of who played in House Party 1. Um. Growing up in the 90s, we cannot forget, especially little girls, we used to love us some Olsen twins. So those are honorary mentions too now. Uh, the Olsen twins, Double Double Toil and Trouble, and to Grandmother's House We Go. Come on now, to only be a kid in the 90s. Number two, and this is very, very funny, because the um, back in the day, Blockbuster Days, my grandmother would take me to Blockbuster and they would get so mad at me because she would be like, well, I'm going to take you to rent a movie, but you are not going to get that same movie you get because back in the day we didn't have streaming and all, and all that. So you only had the Blockbuster and I would literally go every weekend and get the same movie as a kid. And that was Uncle Buck. Rest in peace, John Candy. He was hilarious like uncle buck that is like that that movie is so underrated i watch it now and um with my daughter you know growing up in this era now she's uh older so i let her watch you know a little bit of everything but i'm still selective but when she was like in her little years I was skeptical about what I let my child see on TV. So I would always introduce her to stuff that I grew up on. Um, it was more kid friendly. And then even though it did have messages in there and you see them now as an adult, as a kid, that didn't resonate with us because we weren't so fast, you know, like fast paced, like on how kids are now. So Uncle Buck is a classic and it's just like him and his niece. And, you know, he's just a crazy uncle. But yes, I loved it, John Candy. I loved it, all of his movies. And um, I also loved it, um, this isn't a top 50, but, you know, speaking of Uncle Buck, I loved it, his movie, The Great Outdoors. That was hilarious as well. Another movie I used to always go get, and I'm going to keep it in my childhood just for like the first 10, and then we'll move on. But um, I was very weird. And when I say these are my favorite movies, do you know I can still watch them to this day and laugh like I've never seen them before? Um, another one that they got tired of me written from Blockbuster every week was Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter is Dead with Christina Applegate. And I loved her because she came from Married with Children, and I used to always watch Married with Children. So Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter is Dead, that is straight 90s nostalgia. All my 90s kids, come on now, y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> Another one, and I'm not sure if you guys are going to be familiar with this. This was late 80s. It came out in 1987, and it was my favorite, and I will still throw it in to this day, honey. That was Mannequin. It came out in 1987 with Kim Cattrall and Jonathan Mitchell. It was a really, really good movie. Uh, it was kind of like a fantasy, 
and it had um hollywood in there from uh he, he was the the guy in there who worked in the cosmetics department it's not the cosmetics but you know he dealt with the mannequins and stuff too in the mall and then we had little sophia from golden girls in there it was just like about basically a loser who lost everything uh, he got fired he just didn't have anything and he got hired in a mall and a mannequin he built at his last job where he got fired from came to life and he fell in love and they had like their own world in the mall but I'm telling you, I still love that movie to the day. It was something about the 80s. So that's why I had to kind of throw them in there as well. But yeah, that's a fan favorite for me. That's one of my top 50. Um, number five is Drop Dead Fred. Come on now. If you were born in the 80s like I was and raised in the 90s, don't lie now. Y'all love Drop Dead Fred too. <laughs> I would sit there and laugh the whole way through. I think everybody, you know, we were like little kids. Wanted an imaginary friend. Drop Dead Fred is a classic. Number six. And I know this probably is not going to be on no one else's list but mine. I told you guys before, I am very weird and very diverse. <laughs> like, I'll be talking about all the gangster stuff for a long time. And then I bring you stuff like this. I am very weird. I know. I get it. But that was Mermaids. It came out in 1991 starring Cher and went on a writer. And it was about a free-spirited woman in the 60s. And... She was raising her two kids and it was just like a different time then. And even when I, I watched it a while back and I was like, wow, did she just say this? This could not get away with if it came out in 2021. One of the lines in the movies was her daughter was 15 and she was like, the, the guy came. He was like one of the guys who did all the work around the neighborhood. And she was like, he is just cute as a button. Charlotte, I'm telling you, he's 15. You're 28. You better go for it. And then now when I'm, you know, in today's world, 2021, and I'm an adult with a with young teenager i look and i'm like oh my god you know it didn't register back then it was just a you know a kid i was watching this movie but uh it just shows you on how movies has changed today you know but that's a good movie though it's really i liked it i enjoyed it and that was number six number seven is um and me and my daughter we watch it to this day i introduced her to it they brought out a remake and a remake was trash i am so tired of them doing remakes i think that they should leave stuff in the past the past because for number one when you try to do the same jokes or whatever it just comes off corny um the world is more sensitive so you can't say anything but that was Adventures in Babysitting. Um, me and my daughter will sit and watch that a lot together when we just having a family night. Just want to watch movies, Adventures in Babysitting. That was late 80s as well. It was something about those 80s. Those movies are just straight nostalgia. So moving on, and we are on um, number eight. And that would be a classic to the day, to, to this day. It is two movies that I have to watch every year on Christmas. It's two of them. I have the other one on here in a little bit uh, later on down the list. And that is Home Alone. Home Alone came out in 1991. That one was Macaulay Culkin was everything back in the day. He was on every movie. And that was that was my movie, um, Home Alone. It, it's a classic. It's the best one. When they talk about remakes, I say number two, they did a good job. The rest, they should have just left alone. They probably were pretty good movies. I've seen some of them. They were good, but they shouldn't have been called Home Alone. But with him, and also when you mention in Joe Pesci, and I'm a big love of the mobster movies and it just shows joe's pesky ask acting skills from when he can just go from somebody like a mickey or a tommy in goodfellas or casino and then play um <laughs> you know play harry in home alone home alone is a classic macaulay Culkin did that he understood the assignment the two robbers understood it the mother understood it one of my favorite lines in that movie is when she goes to the payphone and she like i have to use the phone and she grabs it and uh, another person was still on there for the other person she snatched the phone from she's like hello hello she have to call you back <laughs> i love that part but yeah home alone is a definitely uh classic and a still Every Christmas, I'm going to watch it multiple times. Um, every Christmas. So moving on. 
this movie i put it right under home alone because it's interesting because when i was in kindergartner you know how you make your favorite post you know you poster about my favorite things and on my kindergarten poster my mom had helped me do it and she said her favorite two movies mind you i was in kindergarten was home alone and ghost <laughs> so number nine is ghost with patrick swayze and demi moore um that's straight nostalgia right there um with ghost and then whoopi goldberg she stole the movie like that's when i was introduced to whoopi goldberg every scene she stole it and then when you try to go back and watch it now it's just like the nostalgia like that's the new york that we've seen in movies with them walking down the alley and you know he, he loses his life it's just like a beautiful love story and then uh, with Whoopi Goldberg, how she's the psychic, and she like Molly, you're in danger, baby. <laughs> like Whoopi Goldberg stole that scene, and it's even nostalgia when you watch it to these days. And she's sitting there watching TV with her sisters, and we see Arsenio Hall on in Love Connection. <laughs> like it's just straight nostalgia. So Ghost is definitely a favorite for me. Um, now moving on along, I kind of got through my childhood with the first ten. Um, well, the first nine, but I threw some in there. Um, <clears throat> number 10, this was strictly my childhood. And I just watched one this morning because I, uh, when I was working, I had my TV on earlier in the background and I was listening to it and I had to do my daughter hair last night. So we watched it when we were taking down her hair. She had braids. So, you know, that take a while. And that is house party and this was nostalgia for me they have put all three of them on netflix house party one two and three and to kind of cheat number 10 is house party one and two one two and three if you want to do a sequel that is how you do a sequel those all three of them fit together and one thing i loved about house party and kid and play is those movies were really cool and you didn't have to be the big gangster you didn't have to go around killing everybody and you know all this stuff it just showed teenagers young people having fun having a party your mom go out of town you have some part you have a party might get a little wild here and there but it just showed kids being kids i loved how it showed the dancing and how important dancing was back in the 90s people it wasn't just you just looking you know even if you go to the club now all you see is never mind but it, it just showed how you could just have fun the music was fresh the clothes was just out there like everything about um house party you know you got him getting in trouble in school you know how you get in trouble in school you run home and try to hide that the, the report from your parent and you end up getting in trouble sneak out get your ass up when you get home <laughs> and then you go to house party too and there you see robin harris rest in peace has passed away and that's what i was saying it was his life was based off the baby's kids movie and you see he's passed away and now he's in college and you see they're, they're still having a scam and get through stuff to pay his college tuition so they throw a big party and we're introduced to I don't know if this was her first no this wasn't her first movie but we see Queen Latifah in there Tisha Campbell Martin um oh my god kid in play of course and you just see so many people even Whoopi Goldberg had a little scene in there and you see so many people and you see where their career went from the 90s like the 90s black cinema it was just everything you know and then when you get to to three was it was just a wonderful completion um we see three and <clears throat> it's where they're they're out of high school they're out of college but now they have a record label and kid is getting married and it's just a fur a perfect finish where it just needs to be left alone and house party three i loved it all three of them individually and then when you think about three the interesting fun fact about it is when you look at Paris party three think about friday because a lot of people's first roles in House Party 3, mostly all of them were in Friday. You had the guy who um, was the, the two guys, the three guys, remember they had just got out of prison and they had the meat thing where they delivered the meat. That was A.J. Johnson who played Ezell. We seen Uncle Feaster. He was Bernie Mac in Friday. Then we seen Felicia 
She was Kid's fiance. That was Felicia. We see um, Chris Tucker. He was the the one who had the the pimp who had the strippers. Then we see um, TLC was in there. Immature was on there. That's when we were introduced to Immature. Um, it's just so many people that came from House Party Three that was in Friday. So I thought that was a fun fact. But yes, all three of them. And number eleven. Speaking of kid and play, me and my cousin used to watch this movie every time we, every chance we got when we would go over my, uh, over my grandfather's house on my father's side, me and my cousin would be over there and, uh, we would watch this movie every weekend we were over there and that was class act. Come on now. Kid and play was doing a thing in the nineties and class act was definitely, that was that was one for me. That is definitely a favorite of mine. Just um, the the music in there, the nostalgia. We see Tommy from Martin. He's in there. It's just that class act was everything. It's so funny. And I can still watch it to this day and be laughing. <laughs> just laughing back and forth. Like, oh boy, Demita, you don't want to play with my frog. <laughs> like, I just love class act. That is a classic. Yes. Moving on. Number 11. This is a chick flick, but you know, us girls sometimes, my guys out there too, but sometimes you just want a, a feel good movie. And if we're talking about the 90s, Julia Roberts was everything. And that would have been Pretty Woman, 1991. Her and Richard Gere. That's got your, um, your 90s version of a Cinderella story, you know, the prostitute who finds the rich man, the stranger when the desk, Captain Saver, you know, and he saves her and, you know, gives her everything she wants by the end of the week. But Pretty Woman, I love that movie. I could, that's one of my chick flicks, one of my feel good movies. And number 13, that's another pretty. And speaking of the 90s, we cannot mention '90s movies without mention um, without mentioning John Hughes. John Hughes, I loved every one of John Hughes' movies. When I say every one of them, he made Uncle Buck. And my number um, my number thirteen is Pretty in Pink. Um, I love Pretty in Pink, and I liked it how he kind of did the the uh, role reversals to where it was the girl. No normally, they try to make the princess be rich, and then she finds like the bad boy and gives him a chance. But instead, they kind of role reversed it, and they had the girl be the poor girl, and then you know you had the rich jock who fell in love with her and all his stuck up friends. And yeah, that movie was everything. I love Pretty in Pink. Uh, Honorary mention, I love The Breakfast Club too. But if I'm going to pick, I like Pretty in Pink, but I love The Breakfast Club too. But anything John Hughes, I'm here for it. So moving along, and I'll get to number 14. And <clears throat> come on now. We can't have talk about the 90s movies and not mention Boys in the Hood. <laughs> That's, that. like I said, this is not any chron chronological order. I'm just naming them. So don't think that like, oh, this is number 15 on my list. No, it's not like that. I'm just naming my favorite altogether. So it's not in any particular order. But yes, Boys in the Hood. And like I say, John Singleton is, he he's the GOAT. He is the GOAT. And one thing about John, all of his movies you felt it and it was realistic and relatable. And that's something that we don't see in today's movies. Now, in my opinion, it's like they just try to, they'll make a movie and a script and they'll try to throw everything in there so they're not leaving anybody out because now the world is so diversified and you don't want to have anything left out. But they try to mix everything in one thing and it just feels like it's overforced and it comes off corny. And Boys in the Hood, I loved it how they showed it was realistic. And they showed the world on how it was in Cali, how it was in South Central. And it was so authentic and so real. Um like I said, I told you guys before, I never really used to let my daughter watch a lot of stuff, but now she's getting a little older so she can, you know, watch stuff. So this was about two years ago, two summers ago, and she went home to visit my mom for the summer. And she called me and she was just crying. 
I said, what's wrong with you, girl? I'm like, what's wrong? She like, mama, mama, they killed Ricky. And I said, what? They, they what? She said, they killed Ricky. And I'm like, who is Ricky? And she's like, I just watched Boys in the Hood. I was like, what the hell? But yeah, that was her first time watching Boys in the Hood. And she was crying because they killed Ricky. But I think when Ricky died off Boys in the Hood, we all felt that. Because it showed that everybody just wasn't no gangbanger or gangster. Ricky was the kid who was going to school, had a football career, you know, was raising his kid. And lost his life innocently. He didn't do anything. And it just showed how we can go left real quick. And then it also showed, you know, how you can have two siblings who can take two different paths and how an effect it can have when a mother is showing, you know, favoritism to one child because of who his dad is. That does happen. And then I liked how it showed another side of a black man taking a role saying, I have to raise my son. And we've seen Furious Styles and we've seen him and his ex, they co-parent it very well, you know? So Boys in the Hood is a classic. That's the first time I've heard of gentrification. And then you get to, like I say, you hear stuff and you look it up. And then everything in that movie that John Singleton had in there and that Furious Styles was preaching is what's happening to today. Gentrification, you know, so it's so many gems in there that matter to this day. So yes, Boys in the Hood is definitely a 90s nostalgia classic that still relates into today's world. Um, 15. Now, y'all, I think y'all know what I'm about to say next if I just said boys in the hood. Then we're going to move over to the Hughes brother and go to Menace to Society. Menace to Society is just as much relatable and everybody tries to do comparisons. Like, which one is the best? Do we have boys in the hood or Menace to Society? I can't choose myself, but Menace, because like, I don't know. I don't know. I love Boys in the Hood. It was more realistic. Um, but Menace to Society, it birthed a lot as well. We see Lorenz Tate as old dog. He will forever be old dog. Like, oh my God. And then we got Kane. We see a young Jada Pinkin. And then we see a Sharif, the Muslim. And, you know, it was beef in there because that's where Tupac was hot. You know, I always got to bring Pac up. He was hired to play Sharif. And he was role. He, he had the role. He was going to script write readings. And he ended up getting into it with the Hughes brothers. And they end up he ended up fighting Alan Hughes, I believe, and got, a, um, got in trouble. Had to go to jail, I think, for 30 days. Um but yeah, he was supposed to play the role as the Muslim brother, and he didn't want to do it. He didn't believe in it. He said, there's no such thing as a, a real Muslim and a gangster. It don't exist. So he was very strong about his beliefs, and you know, the him and the Hughes brothers was not mixing. But yes, I love, I loved it. And it was, I, I loved them how they showed, unlike today, when you, even when you mention a Sharif and you mention his father, on that movie and how he was talking to the young man breaking gems down it was always men like that in the neighborhood and you know they always try to make it seem like you know they didn't they didn't have anybody and i liked it how he was talking to kane i like i you know and i liked it how they showed a realistic like one little thing you know that one ass whooping cost him his whole life when he went over there and well the cousin came over there and jumped him and mind you, that cousin, he played dirty in every movie, honey. <laughs> the one who killed Kane at the end. That's the one who raped Ebony off of Players Club. And that's also the one who was in Set It Off, who got the brother shot up at the beginning of the movie. He was detrimental in the 90s, of course. Um, but yeah, Minister Society, that was a classic. I mean, classic. Uh, you had the rock in there who played the dad that I'm talking about. And then when you had the, the grandmother just sitting there crying, she had to put Kane out and the granddaddy sitting there like, you know, you better find God. Like it was just so realistic. But yeah, even um, Samuel Jackson, he had his little first part. I mean, not his first part, but he had the little beginning role where he played the daddy. Samuel L. Jackson, whenever you go back and watch the movies from the 90s, he has a little part in most of them. Um, number 16, Poetic 
justice. Oh my God. Poetic justice was everything back in the day. Because back in 93, oh my God, the Jacksons, Janet Jackson, she was everything. And then that's when Tupac was becoming Tupac. And to just have those two star in a movie, that was enough said right there. And the most iconic part of that movie to me is when they're arguing in the, uh, when he puts her out of the the mail truck and they get the arguing and he like say that black i mean and janet jackson was she um, oh my god it's just i love that part but who sold the movie for me also was tisha campbell she killed that role when she played the little drunk homegirl she like brushed that weak face <laughs> oh my god poetic justice that is a favorite of mine i still pop that on then you had the bougie um what was her name in there uh the one who played the mama off of boys in the hood i'm trying to th- remember jesse had the bougie miss jesse who owned the salon honey yes i loved it poetic justice that is a classic and that's one thing that the 90s could do they could just take a movie like that and it it, it didn't even have to be a big script you have one long day filled with drama of them rolling through a mail truck and that's still a classic to this day and tupac and janet um regina king they all killed their roles so uh poetic justice is definitely a favorite of mine moving along to number 17 we're going to take it back to John Singleton. <laughs> Higher learning. Higher learning, I have watched over and over and over again. Oh, my God. That is another. See, only John. Like I said, he just brings it to life and makes it realistic. And then it showed you um, also, and I'm trying not to stay on one movie too long, but even Boys in the Hood, look at what it's birthed. It birthed the Ice Cube. We had a young... Um, uh, Angela Bassett, um, Lawrence Fishburne, Nia Long, uh, Regina King, um, Faison Love, Bernie Mac. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to Friday. Sorry, y'all. We had, they played in Friday too, but Boys in the Hood, we had, um, yes, Angela Bassett, Lawrence Fishburne, Nia Long, uh, Morris Chestnut, uh, Cuba Gooden, look at what Boys in the Hood birth. And then we got higher learning. We've seen a, a higher learning. We've seen a whole nother role of Cube. He's playing like this older dude in college, very knowledgeable, very woke before woke was a thing. And we're seeing a transformation is when you leave the neighborhood and you go to college and then you're introduced to a whole different world and everybody is right there so you had like the black people then you had the white people who were you know pretty cool like omar epps um his roommate but then you got the skinheads and then you got remy who can't find a place to fit in and the people who accept him he ends up turning into a serial killer and then you got deja she's the track star you see um tyra banks like i loved it the element of that i loved it you know omar like i ain't no dumb athlete you know what i'm saying i loved it that movie. I love the fighting scene. I loved it. Um, Buster Rhymes part in there. Like I loved it. Everything about higher learning, everything. It showed so much and it showed you like when you leave your element of what you're used to and you're all crammed in here together and you kind of got to fit your lane and find your own. And it showed you the racial tensions and all of that shit still exists to this day. And that's one thing John Singleton was great at is turning his movies and his scripts into a reality. So yes, higher learning is definitely on one of my favorites. Number 18, 1990, Juice. You got the juice. <laughs> Where we see a young Tupac in his first role and killed it so much to where they say he like, became bishop like that role he played as a homicidal psychopath sociopath gangster like and we see samuel jackson in there and we see the four the four wrecking crew we see uh omar epps uh little young little young omar epps like all four of them even uh i can't think of his name now right now big man from lean on me you smoke crack don't you 
oh my god they killed that role all four of them and they all four they just went in together and that was just another movie from the 90s where you can just take four kids and you're showing how how big how they ass is just bad and you know just running around getting in all type of trouble and one thing goes left and you know it just showed the acting skills of tupac and then omar epps and like i said all four of them that that movie um was amazing to me honorary mention because i don't have it on my list and i don't know why i don't have it on my list but since i just said that honorary mention is well, let me finish talking about Juice. But uh, yeah, Juice is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite movies. And um, sometimes when I have to get into my own writer's bag, I'll watch that. Because the story I'm telling is not like that, but it kind of puts me in that mindset. And that's one thing when I talk to my mentor, he always says, like, you you are a method writer like you you you're you you become your your characters like you have to be in that mindset so when i am writing a lot of times i have to listen to a lot of 90s hip-hop and i also have to watch stuff like juice so that's a hint <laughs> but yeah juice is definitely one of my favorites honorary mention because it's not on my list and it should be uh lean on me lean on me when i just um thought about you smoke crack don't you Mr. Clark, today's 2021 could not handle a Mr. Clark. And Morgan Freeman killed that role. One day we'll have to just talk about that movie. But yes, that should definitely be on my list. And I see it's not. Lean on me. The song, lean on me. <laughs> oh my God, that should definitely be on my list. That should have been number 19, actually. Lean on me. Lean on me is one of my favorites, but um, I made number 19 another fave, and that is South Central, OG Bobby Johnson. I used to love this movie, South Central, back in the day. I loved it how it showed, you know, the young gang member, he committed murder, he get locked up, and it showed that he was a pretty decent dude. You know, he was putting in work, but pretty decent. Had his kid with him everywhere he went, and then when he got in there, you know, he got the knowledge and you know, became better and tried to go out, get out and go save his son. But by then his son had got into the streets. His girl, his ex-girlfriend, she was strung out on drugs. And it was like he had to try to save his son from two different worlds. And, you know, his son looks at him like, you know, you soft. You're not you're not the OG. You're not Bobby Johnson that, that I grew up thinking about. So I love the South Central. That's one. That's a classic and it's very underrated. Uh, number 20 is The Wood. I love The Wood. Um, I love pretty much everything Omar Epps is in. <laughs> but The Wood, it just takes you back to childhood. And you remember those adolescent years. And it just showed three young boys growing a brotherhood and their stories going on up. That was great writing, very realistic, and a, a favorite love story of mine. And I love to see black love stories. I love to see black romance very big fan of black love <laughs> but yes the wood is definitely a favorite um number 21 the best man i love the best man and the wood and the best man they kind of go hand in hand to me every time i watch the wood i always want to watch the best man right after so of course i put those two right by each other they came out around the same time i think they came out the same year I went to the movies to go see The Best Man um, when I was like in the seventh or eighth grade. Um, but yeah, those two are my favorite. And that was the first time we've seen really more Chestnut ever since he had did Boys in the Hood. And I remember being at the movies and when he walked up for the first time and that song was playing in the background, got him walking in, the whole movie theater of women just got to screaming when they seen his old fine ass walking up through the hair. But yes, The Best Man. I love that movie. It is just one of my favorites. That The Wood and The Best Man. If you ask me which one is the best, I am not able to tell you because they go hand in hand in me. I love The Wood. I love on how it just shows the boys growing up and they're not showing them all you know you, you're not showing all gangsters they're going to school and they're just trying to get them some booty honey <laughs> but i loved um the wood and i also love the best man i love the best man on how they show college educated black people 
um, going to school. They still got their drama too. They got their whole little crew. And you got this man who write this book telling all their secrets and it all come out in the wedding. I love um, Lance unconditional love for Mia, even though he was a mess, honey. I loved it on how Harper was thought he was too smart for his own good and I think Terrence Howard we that's when we've seen him for the first time like really on a big screen in that kind of role for the first time and he stole the show he was like one of my favorites he was just like the laughter like I loved it um the best man Number 22 is Love Jones. And I loved it, Love Jones. I loved it, everything Nia Long played in just about in the 90s. And you just seen the growth in Lorenz Tate on how he could play someone like O-Dog and go to someone like he did in Love Jones, Darius, just a poet. And I love the poetry. I love the music. I love how you just have these two people who are both creatives got one who is a photographer the other one who is a young writer and they fall in love i think bill bellamy he played his role in there he played the perfect asshole but yes love jones is one of my favorites when i just want to have me a good romantic night and pop on some movies it is definitely love jones um also number 23 and this came out we got it in the late 90s, 1999, and that was Love and Basketball. I loved it, Love and Basketball. Monica and Quincy, that is definitely a favorite of the 90s, and that's in the 90s because it came out in 1999. Moving along to number 24. This came out late 80s, but, you know, I'm throwing in a couple 80s. You cannot name the early 90s, late 90s, 80s without naming Eddie Murphy. And that is Coming to America. One of the best movies in the world, if you ask me. Coming to Coming to America. I ain't saying nothing about Coming to America too. <laughs> That's where making remakes goes wrong. One thing I did like about two was he brought the whole original cast back. And... I don't think it was great because number one was so perfect. It just should have been left alone. Coming to America. Oh my God. That movie, the script, the comedy in there. Oh my God. Coming to America is one of my favorite movies and you can watch it with like the family. It's not over sexualized. Um, it's not just a whole bunch of cussing. It's just a good family movie where everybody can laugh at. And if I have to say so, I think that's one of the best movies ever is coming to America. So that is definitely had to go on this list. Um, my next movie for number 25 um, I love these type of movies where it's like a musical, um, bio, you know, biography movie, like about a group. And this was about a family. And I used to always watch this all the time. It's four hours, but I love it. And that is the Jackson five, the Jackson five, the casting was on point. The singing, the music was on point. You got, um, beautiful Angela Bassett in there. I love her. Um, you had the dad. I cannot think of his name, but I love him too. He played that Joseph Rowe, honey. And you had the little young, what is his name? Uh, he played the young Michael. Oh my God, he killed it. He used to be in everything in the 90s. I cannot think of his name, but a Jackson 5 movie. I loved it. Um, speaking of another movie that was based off a music group that is when i told you guys it is two movies i have to watch every christmas the temptations i love the temptations i love every part of it i sing throughout the whole thing i know every song i've been to the motown house in detroit the motown museum you know i love me some david ruffin this is David Ruffin and The Temptations. <laughs> but yes, The Temptations is like another perfect movie that everybody can watch. It's so relatable. Um, it, uh, the Temptations is a very, that's one of my favorite movies. 
one of my favorite movies of all time. That is definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. Honorary mention, but you know, everybody can't just do these movies. But when you talk about like the Jackson Five and the Temptations, um, I didn't add it on onto my list, but it should have been on here. And that is what's love got to do with it. Honorary mention. Angela Bassett killed that role. And come on, Angela Bassett, she killed that role as Tina Turner. Hell shit. I thought she was Tina Turner for a minute. She killed that role. Another one of my weird movies that I had to add on here because it was one of my favorites growing up was Made in America with Whoopi Goldberg, Ted Danson, and Nia Long, and Will Smith. It was kind of quirky, but it was a fun movie that I used to love. It's Coming to America. I think that came out in 1990, if I'm not mistaken. Number 28, Above the Rim. Above the Rim was a classic, and that's when we got introduced to Dwayne Martin, and we see a young Tupac Shakur playing the role of Birdie. I'm still mad at Birdie for killing Flip that way, but one thing I can say about the Above the Rim, it produced one of the best soundtracks to this day of music uh, movie soundtracks. That is Above the Rim, uh, produced by Suge Knight, Free Suge Knight, by the way. And that has one of the best soundtracks ever out of movies. It's one, it's two more that are up top there with it. And I will name them when I get to the movie. But yes, Above the Rim has one of the best soundtracks. And Pop killed that role. Number 29, Belly. Yes, I loved Belly. Fun fact, um, I read the book. It's called um, The Last Illist. And that Belly, the movie, is based off of Shaquem Bio's book. We'll talk about him one day on the pod since we love talking about, you know, like real stuff. But uh, Belly was definitely based off of, it was loosely based off his life. But yeah, Belly is one of my favorite roles. Um, DMX killed that role. He killed that role. So I loved it, that movie. Number 30. Just because, you know, I'm talking about 90s nostalgia. And one thing about the 90s is they did make a lot of fantasy movies that, you know, probably weren't so realistic, but just funny and fun. And one of those movies for me, for me would be Look Who's Talking with Christy Alley and John Singleton. Um, not John Singleton, John Travolta. I loved it. Look Who's Talking. It was just like a fun movie. And they did their sequel right with two, but after two, it should have been left alone. <clears throat> Number 31, and this is a favorite of mine, a favorite. Like, whenever I want to laugh, I still put that on to this day. Jerry Maguire with Tom Cruise and Cuba Gooden Jr., Regina King. Oh, my God. Jerry Maguire, I freaking love that movie. That is one of my favorite movies. When I want to just laugh and just, you know, just, just be free, oh, my God. Jerry Maguire. Number 32. When I said Above the Rim had the best soundtrack ever, it is two more that have a movie soundtrack that is the best. And that is number 32, Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Boomerang is a classic. You got this young black exec, and he's working in this high advertising office with all these other young black entrepreneurs he is the ladies man so he meet his match and we see young robin williams and we see um angela played by holly berry then we got martin in there boomerang was a classic and has aged well i can still watch boomerang and laugh and yes that soundtrack is one of the best one of the motion picture soundtracks, I would have to say Above the Rim and Boomerang, and it's one more, and I'll get to that in a little while. Number 33, because I ain't named my mobster movies, honey. I love me some gangster Italian mafia movies. And number 33 would have to be Bugsy, written and, um, well, not written, but came out in 1991. Bugsy is one of my favorite mobster movies. And um, I am going to do an episode based off my favorite top 20 mob movies, but Bugsy is definitely one of them. Bugsy is the one, if it was, Bugsy is the one who really, in real life, let's just say he created Las Vegas. Number 34, and I used to love this movie, Dangerous Minds with Michelle Pfeiffer. 
Oh my God, Dangerous Mind was just so dope. She was the teacher coming, you know, into the inner city, going into the school and end up just touching these children, giving them hope and they end up doing good in school and, you know, saving some of their lives. But I thought it was pretty authentic and I loved it. And uh, one of the songs that went to the movies <clears throat> It's still one of a, a one of, one of the greatest songs that aged very well. Still sounds good when you hear it, and that is by Coolio. Uh, it went to Dangerous Minds. <clears throat> so number thirty-five. Come on now, can we talk about the nineties without mentioning Friday? Uh, uh-uh, uh, we can't. Friday, Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, Bernie Mac, Regina King, John Witherspoon. Uh. Who we got? Yvette. I can't think of her real name. Yvette from from Moesha. Um, everybody is in there. And remember when I was just saying House Party 3? Most of the cast that were in House Party 3 came to Friday. And it was just about a day in the hood. One born Friday that just turned into everything. But yes, Friday is, man, Friday got to be on everybody's list. It is a cult classic rest in peace john witherspoon um as far as sequels i think they did okay with um house party i mean not house party but i think they did okay with friday after next um next friday was it was it friday after next or the christmas one i wasn't too crazy about that one but friday itself 1995 friday come on now we used to have that on vhs and watch it on a daily basis and I just realized I forgot a movie, so let me do honorary f- favorite because um, speak, when speaking of Friday, when I said I used to watch that every day, um, back to back, what else I used to watch is back to back is 1994, I believe, 1995. I'm about it. And Master P, come on now. That was a, that was a cult classic in the hood. Everybody had that on VHS. About it, that shit was good. <laughs> it might didn't age too well, but that movie was so dope. Yeah, but yeah, Friday, of course, and I forgot to put on about it because that was a classic of the nineties. Number thirty six, Soul Food. I loved it. Soul Food. Another great actors. We got Vanessa Williams. We got uh, Vivica Fox, Nia Long. Um, about three sisters and their mom, big mama, got to keep the family together. I think mostly a lot of families could relate to that movie. So, yes, that was definitely a favorite. Number 37, because I want to hurry up. I don't want to have you guys, you know, over an hour too long. Um, <clears throat> number 37, <sighs> Goodfellas. <laughs> Goodfellas is one of the best movies ever. And that's one thing I have to say as far as like with the mobster movies, one thing they can do is they can definitely get it done right. They can get it done authentic and they can just make you feel that. And I have to say Goodfellas is one of my all time favorite mob movies. I just love all of them. So it's kind of hard for me to you know, say which one is the best. But Goodfellas is up there. Um, Joe Pesci, he kills it. He kills it. Him, when him and Robert De Niro get together, that chemistry is everything. Number 38, come on now, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, Sharon Stone, honey, Casino. Casino is one of my favorites, okay? One of my favorites. One of my favorite parts on that movie is when Sharon Stone come home high and he asking her where she been and he like, I paid you. And she like, he like, where the page is? She said, I threw it away. He said, you what? She said, this kept going. Beep, 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 beep. I couldn't take it. <laughs> I love that part. Um, number 39, white men can't jump. Uh, with um, what's my man name? Woody from Cheers. And uh, I can't think of his real name right now. Um, and Wesley Snipes. And we got the mama from um from Boys in the Hood. And Rosie Perez, I can't think of her real name. I hate to keep calling her mama from Boys in the Hood. But, oh, my God. That is one of my favorites, too. That's a classic. Just sitting there, they playing basketball, talking stuff, you know, come from two different worlds. Oh, my God. I loved it. White man can't jump. And what is his name? Now, let me look it up real quick. White man can't jump. 
Cause I Will Harrison. I thought that, but I didn't want to say that. He played a good role in a decent proposal too. I couldn't add every movie on here, but a decent proposal that was the shit too. He played in that. Him and Demi Moore. All right. So I'm not a real big fan of scary movies, but it is a few that I just have to have on my list. And that is Child's Play Chucky. Come on now. I was born in the 80s. And that came out late 80s, of course. But Child's Play, number one. Number one. <laughs> that was a classic. Number two was cool. Number three was cool. After that, I say stop. You know, sometimes sequels go too far. But number one, Child's Play. Number 41, Scream. I love this Scream back in the day. I still watch that around Halloween time, so I'll be watching that soon. But I love Scream as well. Um, number 42, another classic, Set It Off. Set It Off, oh my God, off all of the girls did their part, except it was one that just was like, <laughs> I couldn't stand her character. <laughs> and that was the one who played... Um, she played in the Diary of a Mad Black Woman. I cannot think of her name. She's a good actress, but oh my God, when she played instead of off, she got on my nerves. What was her name? I can't think of it right now. But Frankie and 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 uh I can't think of none of their names right now. But J- Jada Pickin, Queen Latifah, Kimberly Elise Nicole, and Vivica Fox. They all played their role. I was trying to think of their names off the movies. What was it? Frankie, Cleo. Um, Stony, and I can't think of the other one name, but she got on my nerves. <laughs> the 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 boss was something different, and like I said, my man who who uh, got her brother shot in the front, he was just something different in the nineties, honey. But yeah, set it off was a classic, and I liked it how they showed the four females could get down just like the dudes could. They was going in there hitting them banks up, and Frankie killed that role, Vivica Fox. So set it off. I heard they trying to make part two. I say leave it alone. Leave it alone. It's a classic. Number 43, Players Club. I love the Players Club. It showed the strip scene. It showed a girl, you know, trying to go to school, get it how she can. Her cousin come in there, mess her world up. We see Jamie Foxx. We see Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac was he, he, oh my God. Bernie Mac is one of the greatest to me. Um, But yeah, Players Club is definitely on my list of the 90s. And that soundtrack was dope too. Number 44, A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. I love that movie. Martin Lawrence was doing his thing then. And Lynn Whitfield, baby, whew, she played that role. One of my favorite songs off that soundtrack is A Thin Line Between Love and Hate with um, H-Town and Shirley Murdoch. Number 45, Jim Carrey, The Mask, 1994. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Jim Carrey. He is a hilarious comedian, and it's just funny on how um, when you go back and you look at A Living Color and you see what it birthed, you know, the careers it birthed and how much talent was on that one show. But, yeah, Jim Carrey is amazing, and The Mask is one of my favorite movies as well. Number 46, it did come out in 1989, and I think this is also a top-notch, one of the best movies ever, and that was Harlem Nights. Just with all of the brilliant comedians under one movie, we had all of them in there. And that was just like the perfect movie. And, you know, I'm being my writing bag now. And I started writing a movie that takes place in a 40s nightclub. And I think about that sometimes when I do it. So, yes, Harlem Nights with Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor. Oh, my God. It's just all those comedians in one place. Even Robin Harris was in that one. Got Eddie Murphy (laughs) when he got shot. Tabby. So, yeah. Harlem Nights, definitely a classic. Number 47 is The Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler. That is a movie I can watch over and over and laugh my eyes out. I love The Wedding Singer. It's just a funny movie. Number 48, and we're almost to 50. Number 48, and remember I said it was one more that had the best soundtracks ever. Shout out the baby face. Waiting to exhale. Waiting to exhale. Well, Angela, put, she put that cigarette, set the car on fire. Get your shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Waiting to exhale. That soundtrack was everything, and that movie was everything, and I loved it. The relationship with the four women and, you know, just showing, like, their two, all of their different walks of life and how they had each other backs. Waiting to exhale is definitely a favorite of mine. 48.
Number 49. This is a movie that is very slept on. Fresh. Fresh came out, I believe, in 1994. And it just showed a young boy who was like nine years old. And growing up in the inner city, don't have nothing. His sister was messing with the big drug dealer. She was on drugs. He's in a game. His best friends gets murdered. He is way over in his head. Very realistic. Samuel L. Jackson plays on there as well. Samuel L. Jackson was everywhere in the nineties <laughs> and Juice as well. But um, yeah, Fresh is definitely underrated, and that is one of my favorites. Number fifty, and then we get to my favorite movie of all. Number fifty, Fight Club <laughs> with Brad Pitt. Oh my God, I love Fight Club. That is a favorite of mine. And we just made it because it came out in 1999. So it is a part of the 90s nostalgia. And that's Fight Club with Brad Pitt, fine ass. And number one, <laughs> my all time favorite movie in the entire world <laughs> A Bronx Tale. A Bronx Tale is like the perfect movie ever it has the best script you know it's not over sexualized it's not over it's killing in her but not over killing it's not it's just a great story i remember the first time i watched the bronx tale see i used to have to go to church on sundays but this was one sunday where we didn't go i don't know if i didn't feel good or not but i was in the bed and i was flipping through the tv and i caught it when it first came on i was little and then by the music just kind of caught me I'm like this look good and i sat there and watched the whole movie on a sunday and fell in love and it drops a lot of gems in there once uh one of my favorite lines is nobody cares that's kind of true. Sometimes you put so much pressure on yourself and you just got to realize nobody cares. Another gem is the saddest thing in life is a waste of talent. It is so many gems in that movie that you can take and live your everyday life on. And last year when I was kind of going through a thing where I sometimes I, I go through that where I give up on just certain things some of my dreams you know and I was kind of just feeling slumped just like oh why am I writing a book it's oh it's not gonna do anything you know just feeling down about myself so I was flipping through YouTube and I found um the interview by Chaz Paparazzi uh I, I could be pronouncing his name wrong but he plays Sonny it's Chaz Parazzi, I believe and he was doing an interview and he was talking about he wrote the script he wrote it himself on a Bronx tale and his story inspired me and by him to write a Bronx Tale, which is one of my favorite movies, and when he was telling on how he wrote it, how he got it to where he got it, it inspired me so much. It touched my heart. And I said, that's it, it's sometimes life just goes full of circles. And, you know, sometimes the stars align. So the Bronx Tale is a favorite of mine. And that was it concludes my favorite movies of the 90s and a little few of the 80s in there i hope you guys enjoyed it i am so happy 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 50th birth happy 50th episode anniversary to the podcast and let's pray for many more to come next year around this time i just want to look and be like look guys we made it to a year and i'm very happy i'm very humble i thank you all for your all support for your support i love you thank you so much and keep tuning in um i will come back tomorrow we'll do raising cane and then we'll do one more snowfall probably and take a few days off so i can stick to my writing and then get back to it as usual so on that note you guys stay safe out there you have a beautiful blessed night it's your girl shanice and i'm out Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl, Shanice.